Welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection for November 17th, 2021. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and Almighty God, we thank you for our many blessings, and we thank you for the answers to our prayers, even if the answer is no. I pray that we will all come to know that your grace and your love is sufficient, and that your Son, Jesus Christ, is all we need. It is in his name we pray. Amen. We're going to take a look at a word today. The word is acknowledgement. And the definition of the word acknowledgement is the action of expressing or displaying gratitude or appreciation for something. Today I chose Psalm 95 for our study and reflection. It's only 11 verses in length, and the first seven verses actively express gratitude and appreciation to God. Listen to the reading of Psalm 95, verses 1 through 11, and then we'll do some unpacking. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massah in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For forty years I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. In reading this, I'm greatly encouraged by what God has done and who God is, all the way from verse 1 to the next to the last line in verse 7. The last line in verse 7 begins with a warning. Today if you would only hear his voice. The psalmist certainly knew human nature because it had been on display for many years. It is our nature to be likers and users of God's creation, but not necessarily thanksgivers or acknowledgers. In our Western society today, we tend to be individualistic consumers. In our liturgy for Sunday morning worship, that is printed in our bulletins, there are many reminders to give thanks to God. 
Prior to communion, we engage in the great thanksgiving dialogue. The last part of that dialogue, our pastor recites, Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And our collective reply is, It is right to give thanks and praise. Following this thanksgiving, our pastor continues with, It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and most merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Continuing in our liturgy and prior to communion, our pastor reads these words, You so loved the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. Now in the final verse of Psalm 95, there's a footnote in my Bible with the hyperlink following the word rest. There's one Old Testament reference and one New Testament reference that I will share with you that speaks to the fact that the Bible truly is a unified story that leads to Jesus. Even though Moses did a wonderful job of leading the Israelites, he had his flaws and he was certainly sinful. God chose people that were almost but not quite perfect to lead people, which pointed to the fact that all humanity needed and needs a savior. The first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 1 verses 35 through 36 and this is the hyperlink reading. No one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors, ancestors except Caleb son of Jephunneh. He will see it and I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on, because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And the next hyperlink after the word rest is found in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me though for forty years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. If we think that God was too harsh, we need to remember that he said part of his nature is to be slow to anger. When you look at the big picture, the Israelites had 40 years to acknowledge God's graceful, saving nature, but they didn't. The Israelites thought they had it tough and life was difficult on them, and as a result, they were unthankful and did not acknowledge all that God had done for them. You know, when you think you're about it, we're not much different than they were. When things are going our way, it's easy for us to lift our eyes to heaven and thank God for making our life easy. It's another story when tragedy strikes and how we react. 
A friend of mine recently sent an inspirational video for me to watch. It was a video about tragedy and triumph. It's a story about dreams, aspirations, and prayers that were answered in an unexpected way. It's about a kid named Inky Johnson. Johnson grew up in a household of 14 people in the Kirkwood neighborhood of Atlanta, Georgia. The son of Ruby K. Lewis and stepfather Ricky Lewis Sr. He was a football star player at his high school in Atlanta. He said there was a drug dealer on every corner in the neighborhood where he grew up. Because he grew up in abject poverty, he dedicated his entire life from the age of seven years old to becoming an NFL star so he could support his family. Football had defined who he was, in his mind, from the age of seven up until the age of 20 years old. He was a junior playing for the University of Tennessee with 10 games left and was predicted to go in the top 30 of the NFL draft. On a Saturday afternoon with two minutes left to go in the game, he made a routine tackle that resulted in an almost life-ending injury. That was 15 years ago in a game where Tennessee was playing Air Force. He blacked out and had no feeling in his entire body, even though he was awake, but he could not move. And as the ambulance took him to the hospital, the doctor looked at him and said, I don't know how you're alive because you had no pulse. His mom met him at the hospital and prayed over him. It was right after that that the doctor rushed back in his room and said, we need to take you in for emergency surgery because you have a major artery in your chest that is bleeding. And if we don't do surgery now, you will not live through the night. He said it really put things in perspective because he was a guy that always wanted one more thing. That if he could just get one more thing, it was going to be better. If we're honest with ourselves, we all have had that perspective of if I could just get. Things will be better. He realized he was limiting God and then all of a sudden the SEC championship was not a priority. And his lifelong dream of playing in the NFL was not a priority and would not define who he was. He had been a lifelong Christian, but he realized that he was defining himself through his efforts and not concerned at all about God's plans if it didn't fit into his plan. He realized that God had said no to his prayers and his dream to play in the NFL. He acknowledged this and thanked God for his redirection. He is now an inspirational speaker that earns between $20,000 and $30,000 per appearance and has told his story of his tragedy and how his faith has guided him. He speaks of the importance of living a Christian life as opposed to constantly preaching to others. Because of what others saw God do in and through him, his father, his three sons, and many others came to know and love Christ. He said, life may appear easy when the answer to your prayers is yes, when you are blessed, and when prayers are answered quickly. 
In his inspirational video, he left us all with one question. What will you do when God says no? Thanks be to God that Inky chose to acknowledge and thank God for his redirected opportunity. To paraphrase a quote from Pastor Tim Keller, Inky went from believing all he needed was Jesus plus football to make his life complete to knowing that all he really needs is Jesus plus nothing. He has been acknowledging that truth through his faith-based motivational speeches, both in person and virtually. And I'll leave you with what Paul had to say to the Philippians. And this verse comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Let us pray. Almighty God, our strength and our redeemer, thank you for turning tragedy into triumphs through your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.